Hi, my name is Nariba Shepard. And I'm Justin Onet Graham. And this is Terms, Terms of, of Service. Service. Max. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. That felt great. It did. Yeah. You're damn right. There, there it is. Good morning, Nariba. That took a long time. That took a long time yeah. for me. Um, good morning. How are you? I am very excited to be awake. I've been awake for like what feels like four hours now. But it's like real and we're here. We're in a new place. Yes. And we're going to get into the new place towards the conclusion of this episode. Oh, but okay. we're super, super happy to be. This is like a terms of service field trip. Yes. Oh, yeah. you know, a bitch loves a field trip. A bitch needs a field trip, yeah. actually. A bitch needs any sort of trip. I mean, wasn't so. it like a field trip for you to get here this morning, though? Yeah, we're not going to get into okay. that. But yes, it was. Yes, sure. it was. It was a journey through the valleys and through the mountains and, and all of that. But I have arrived. I am here. Yes. I am happy. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. Yes. But I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. my season just started a couple days ago. Uh, but the bitch wants everyone to know it's Aquarius season but, now. But it is it is fine. <laughs> we do not we do not have to have to get into that because I am so excited for our next guest. Oh, oh. Hi Marta. Hello. Oh. <laughs> She's bringing the ASMR voice. She has her sexy secretary voice on oh. for the beginning of the episode. Yes. Okay. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you today? Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you for inviting me. This is lovely. Uh, yes. So, per tradition, Nariba. Um, we have a very important question. Mm-hmm. Okay, shoot. What's your sign? Uh, well, my uh, sun sign is Pisces. Oh, yes, I love a bitch who comes in <laughs> oh, with the sun sign. Oh, you know she knows her first. chart. Yes, uh, bring it. Thank you so much. Her rising is Sagittarius, oh. and her moon is Scorpio. Oh my god! So read me. How to do film. you? How do you? And again, I'm still walk learning, around so, in the yes. world with so many um, hype men. For your Pisces sun. <laughs> because Sagittarius rising is all dad jokes. And then... Which I am very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then a Scorpio moon is like... It's like if all the feelings were on the surface mm-hmm. and you took not a single ibuprofen... <laughs> yes, yes. To numb it's, the edges. It's very much a, a protector <laughs> and a grudge holder. Oh, yes. yes, that is uh, that is very much my my uh, oh. moon, mm-hmm. the Scorpio moon. Uh, I live with a baby Scorpio, and she likes to cry into reflective surfaces, <laughs> and I'm just like. <laughs> Nice. All right. Yes, as as a baby, it was yes, a lot of crying. But now yeah. that I'm older, the tears don't flow as much anymore. <laughs> You're like, it's not. No. Which is, I I'm always shocked, and I'm like, I should be crying, but I'm not. Good job, it's Marta. Like, <laughs> do I it watch, in the walk-in. I watch Grey's Anatomy once a like week so that I can cry because I don't cry in real life. Just someone just someone was TV. saying to me that uh, Grey's Anatomy will just never end I don't know about that but it has not decided to decease itself yet so but all I'm saying is that Shonda's not there no more she hopped over to Netflix so who's who's doing this who is doing Grey's Anatomy it's Ellen Pompeo she's writing directing (laughs) starring (laughs) 
producing. <laughs> She's like, we got to keep this going. She's like, if I I'm mean, looking a little bit weathered, it's because I'm carrying this entire franchise on basically, my back. So there's basically. Basically. I love that, like, one of the storylines recently through the whole COVID thing was like, she was just in a coma. Like, for the whole fucking season. It's not a spoiler. We're in a new season. So she so that was, bitch was in a, She was sleep and still stacking that fucking paper. Yeah, and still getting paid. <laughs> I do right. have to well, shout yeah. out, though, uh, Puerto Rican actress Melissa Dupre, who is mm. a cast member on this season. On this season, I don't watch Grace Anatomy, but I know <laughs> she's on it, so I'm like, yes. go, girl, go. Mm-hmm, Represent mm-hmm, Chicago, mm-hmm. please. Is, uh, and, you know, as we have been known to do, a little bit of just off- off topic, little, yeah. little tangent. Is that the lesbian? No, no, she's not on there no more. Oh, okay. Well, um, see, sorry. It's okay, but she's doing some other gay shit. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Actually gay now. Before wasn't. Today, biggest butch. Biggest butch. Okay. Callie. I don't know the actress's actual name, okay. but she played Callie. Sweet. Cool. Short for Kalalope. Kalilope? Well, the more Calipi. you know, the Ooh. more you know. It's yeah. like reading Rainbow right now, and I'm kind of here for it. So We're learning new words this morning. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Marta, yes. can you please talk to us a bit about your background? Who are you? Who am I? Uh, <laughs> it's well, your first uh, episode of therapy, actually. <laughs> I've never seen a therapist, so this is perfect. We might as well get uh, like a baby burden into it. Um my I'm name, my full name is Marta Jean Evans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, grew up in Michigan. Uh, uh, show me on the hand. Uh, because okay. isn't that a thing <laughs> that everyone does who's from Michigan? Of course it is. Because if people ask where you're from, you're like, I'll just show you. Um, <laughs> so I, I am a, a LP, a lower peninsula girl. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I grew up in a town uh, called Rochester Hills. Okay. <laughs> Rochester is everywhere. Everywhere. There's a Rochester <laughs> in every state. That sounds fancy um, And to it's me. about 20 minutes north of Detroit. So uh, it's about here. Okay. Right here. Oh, and the oh, thumb crack. Is that near St. Clair Shores? It is near St. Clair Shores. Well, oh. close ish. I was just like, damn, a bitch knows a map. There you but go. But no, not uh, well, you know, um, I've heard of St. Clair Shores. Yeah. I was going to be like, tell it's me a, more it's about, about this lake, place. Because Lake St. Clair is one of the largest lakes and it actually connects to the Detroit River. So that's where everybody has a boat. Like if your family is uh, a boat or boat people, then they typically have it on. Lake St. Clair. Word. Oh. But we had to drive. Anyways. So, I like, no, uh-huh. I like that you said boat people. Yeah. Because boats aren't just for rich people, apparently. No, they're not. Uh, you could just, anyone could fucking get a boat is what I learned this summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, mm. uh, can you afford to keep up with it? Well, I almost, before you said boat people, I was almost just like white people. Because I mean, that's who I know. That's listen, who I've only experienced. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, oh. I mean, we The had dude a- from St. Clair Shores had a boat. Had a boat. And we had a boat, but my stepdad is white. white, So like, so, okay. So the first time I went on a boat was because I went to Florida to meet my white boyfriend's family (laughs) and they live on a farm, but we went on a boat because you could just like rent them. Oh yeah. And the entire time we were on this boat, his parents were talking about the kind of boat that they want to get. It's like, oh, I want it to be like this, but like this, but like this. And I'm like, so anyone can have a boat. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I thought you needed like some special something. It's called money. You need yeah. some money. <laughs> it's like that, that would be the special. Well, the yeah. thing about a boat is that like, you know, you can cruise around in it. But once you fill the gas tank, filling a boat gas tank is like two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars to like fill. Yeah, because wow. think about if your car is like, you know, 12 gallons, a boat is like 
40 gallons oh, wow. because it, you know, you have to power said boat. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and then also storing the boat, you have to have a, a dock slip. Oh, and yeah. that's where you're a marina member. And then you have to pay for said slip to store your boat there. And since we're in the Midwest, it winter comes, you have to Dry remove dock, the boat. Uh. You have to weather it. And then you, they have to store the boat out of the water. So anybody can have a boat. But it's just, can you afford to I feel like I just learned like, so it. much about I know. just like boat life. Boat life, yeah. Boat Thank life you. is great, but it's also, you know, like a boats lot. are lemons Sounds typically. Good. Like mm-hmm. they break down really easily. It is it is some rich people shit for sure. I panicked about that 100% of the time. Like in preparation of getting on this boat, I did so much fucking research. I like made sure I knew where the life jackets were, <laughs> where the first aid kit was. I found out you should bring like, a banana on a boat. Why? Because I was eating a banana and I was going to go sailing, which, by the way, I will never go sailing again because uh, your boy over here, no sea legs. <laughs> so no, 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 no. Is it like, no. are bananas bad luck? Yes. Oh, yes. really? Yes. You yeah. just taught me something yeah. about a boat. Yeah, you're never supposed to get on a boat with a banana. Ever. Sorry, no men on peanuts. boats. Oh. Bada bing. Banana jokes. And just like that, we're going to remember that we have to stay on topic. So, um, St. Clair, the mitt. Uh, So, so Rochester, (laughs) um, my uh, stepfather uh, owned, still owns and operates a large scale catering business and um, a five story uh, historical Masonic temple in downtown Pontiac, Michigan. Yes. Where he ran his catering uh, business out of and then it became like a, you know, a reception hall and whatnot. So. I started, I was in the service industry as, you know, as young as I could carry a quarter pan and (laughs) set up, um, you know, a a Schaefer. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I've basically been in the service industry my entire life. Uh, you know, in Michigan, you can bartend when you're 18. Yo. Um, So, you know, like as I grew up in the ranks of the catering business, I found myself as a floor manager at 16, (laughs) 17. As someone who just re-upped their their Bassett, um, yeah, I was just like, no, no, no. It's 21 here in Illinois. It's 21 here in Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything is 21 now because I was like... Like, oh, I'm going to send my nephew because he had just turned 18. It's like, send my nephew to the vape shop so he could pick up a vape for me because it's cold as fuck and I want to go outside. And <laughs> it's 21 to buy tobacco products yes, now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Don't watch me struggle trying to open this can with my nails. No. <laughs> she, wa- she wants that athletic brewing real bad. Okay. So All there, right, hold on. There you go. Don't break it. I uh, can do that for th- you. I'm doing it. Okay. I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in you. Aww. Did you he- did you hear that can open? Wait, I want to do it. Now. Yeah, do it, do it. Yes. Ready? Please, we might me. as well keep the ASMR going. Yes. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm talking what about. We for. That's what we we're looking for. Well, I have to get my nails filled in. Okay, it's like it's it's rough out here, mm-hmm. but I got to fix my teeth first. So. Fair. Stay on that shit. Fair. 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 But Marta. Yes. Uh, Here we are. We're back. Yes. Um, And then uh, I uh, am very much a uh, star for attention kid, center of attention kids. So (laughs) when uh, I wanted to stay in Michigan to uh, (laughs) stay with my high school boyfriend. (laughs) My dad was like, "We gotta get her out of here. <laughs> we gotta we gotta entice her out of this out of this state." So um, 
I moved to Chicago and I moved in with my father in Logan Square in 2004. Oh, dang. Uh, and I went to Different Columbia world. College of Chicago, and I was a theater. Well, at first, I was a musical theater major. Uh, we always nice. dip in the toe first. Yes. And then we realize it might not be. And I'm like, these musical theater bitches are cutthroat. I mm-hmm. do not want to mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. Also, you're making me take ballet classes. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and so then I became a theater major, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Throughout the course of college, I started doing random gigs. I continued in the catering world, so I worked catering gigs when I was under 21. And Mm -hmm. then through the magical world of catering, I was, and then I turned 21, I was presented a job at uh, the Chicago Theater. So I worked at the Chicago Theater when I was in college. Um, And it was a really fun gig to begin with uh, before it got bought out and went super corporate. And then they made us all take drug tests. And then I had to take Ready Clean in the middle of my (laughs) musical theater history class so I could pass. (laughs) So I could drop, which I did pass. Um, You're damn right. Yeah. And then uh, just, you know, throughout... Throughout my up Chicago upbringing, just like uh, was a was an actor for a while. I was a part of a theater company. I did plays in the city, all while still maintaining very much a uh, service industry life to afford uh, life. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, and then I I met Mr. Jim McCann, and he uh, invited me to have a stage. At Longman and Eagle, Ooh. this was a brand new restaurant in Logan Square, and. Mm-hmm. 2010, and oh. then uh, and then from there on, I just kind of sailed away and learned all the things that I could, and craft cocktail business, and Michelin star business, and mm. I was at Longman for seven and a half years. Oh wow! God dang! Yeah. So I just have to say a quick thing about Longman Eagle. Um, so a relationship that I was in long ass time ago we had our first official date there Aww. and when i tell you that we got fucked up off those uh like patio pounders mm. uh, correct <laughs> one of the best experiences of my life it yeah. was amazing and they we did call them patio pounders that was like that was you know our, our label for it like all right we gotta make a patio pounder here it we was go a jam oh. it was the jam that is a extremely fond memory. I have multiple of Longman Eagle, but that is a very specific fond memory. But that person is trash, so you're gonna have that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all so. have past. Yeah, so yeah. <sighs> I try to remind myself. I'm trying to be like more optimistic, you know. So leaning into that 2022 I'm, energy. Well, okay. So this is the thing. I like to set myself up. For success from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, like, right now, everyone's, like, in the middle of a nervous breakdown about the pandemic. So am I. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, in the beginning, when the CDC first said anything, they said 2024 is when the world oh will feel normal again. So every time someone is like, this is so fucked up, I'm like, bitch, it's 2022. We got two years to go. We got two years to right. go before I can, like, get mad. So now I'm just like, it's gonna happen. And listen, we've right. already done two years. We're ha- we're at the halfway mark. You exactly. know, we're over you know the hill. That is a beautiful way of thinking about it. This is prison. I just realized we're all in prison. And we're uh, we're doing our bid right and now? Yes. Maybe because we'll get parole. So Maybe. Many- Maybe we'll get paroled. But it depends on how the inmates around us act. You know what I'm saying? Literally, though. Because karmically. Don't start no shit. There won't be none, though. 
that. Words to live Where by. are the hands? Yeah. Is there a sound for the hands? All of us. One. <laughs> Insert hand sound there. Tell me you're brown without telling me you're brown. Hands. <laughs> Hand talking. Um, okay, so Chicago Theater. Chicago Theater. Going Longman to Longman Eagle. Eagle. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I was there and then I was like, let's switch it up. And then I went and worked at Parsons Logan Square. I was there for about three years. I've never nice. been to that location, actually. It's the OG location. Mm-hmm. I'm like... I just never been there. Yeah, I drive. Listen, past there's it. four of them now, so once you go to one, you've been to all of them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, that's sort of how you I know. feel. But that's like I respect it being consistent. Yes, okay. you know, consistency is key. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I've I've lived in Avondale. Uh, I don't know. I've lived in Avondale for a while, uh, and I moved uh, close to a bar named the Orbit Room, which is now named oh. Ludlow Liquors. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I went mm-hmm. from high kicking drunk neighbor regular to bartender <laughs> there. They offered me a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh boy. They're like, this is entertaining. Yeah. Um, so I, I worked there for three years and now I'm on to uh, new service industry beginnings. I've officially become Tell a manager. Us. They finally, somebody finally convinced you me damn right. to take yep. a management position. And how do you feel? I feel excited. I there will always be a part like in the back of my head being like, "Bitch, you know you're gonna you gotta be the manager now. Like, <laughs> you gotta deal with all that managerness that you see and all your friends have to deal with." Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm smarter than that. I'll never do that." And I'm like, "Well, here we are." <laughs> but listen, you're like, just, can I show you my manager card? Just looking at you <laughs> talk about it, it gave me bad bitch energy. Ooh, like, yeah. what should feel like? Hands. Bad bitch. Yes. <laughs> Hands. Okay. Hands again. Like, Hands again. And I think there is something to be said about someone with so much experience who is put off being a manager for any reason outside of, oh, I want to be making more money. That is the worst fucking reason to be a manager. Well, you because don't make you're more not going to make more exactly. money. Exactly. So it's At like. At first you might. But there is something to say about consistency. Yeah, and let like me tell you all. Like, money. Yes. That. That consistent salary is like really lovely. Yes, yeah. it's a like, lifesaver. Oh, wow. Some people may call that long money. Okay, that's that's the long game. Yes, yeah. that is, is that, that is long game. the sauce? Because it ain't the juice. It's not the juice. It's not it's the, the juice. It's not the juice. It would, it would, it would qualify as, as the it's sauce. It's the puree on the bottom of the plate. That's the sauce. I that am it entirely is. down with it being the puree at the bottom of Yeah. 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 That's the swipe. Because I wasn't completely sold on it being the sauce, but the puree, I'm here for. Okay. Yes. It's a puree. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. I don't know. Yes. I mean, like, here we are. She's going to manage, like, I. It is what can it you is. Tell us, can you talk about it, or are you not allowed to talk about oh, it? Oh, I can talk about it. Then yeah, talk, talk about, about it. it. This is a celebration. Look I at mean, this fucking glass. There's certainly things that I won't be able to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, you don't have to talk but, about anything you um, don't want to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, I will be the uh, assistant general manager at the California Clipper when I it know reopens. That's right. Yes. yes, baby. Yes. Almost broke yes. a nail yes. snapping on we that one. Love the California yes. Clipper. We love the California Clipper. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I actually, uh, how I got connected to the Clipper was I decided that I was like, I'm done with the service industry. I'm ready to move on. And I was like, oh, sick. Cannabis has been legalized in Illinois. My 16-year-old stoner heart was like, you know what? I'm going to get a weed job. This is cool. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about the promise of cannabis in the state of Illinois. So I worked at a dispensary for a year. And then I 
quickly realize that it's trash. Oh, yeah. Sorry, oh, cannabis shit. world. Actually, I'm not sorry. Oh. Um, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Speak it with your whole chest. And, uh, and I just, it's glorified retail. And I felt like reverse Robin Hood, where I was making the richest, most evil men in the state yep. richer and Damn. eviler. Yes. Damn. Honestly, uh, and so I was reached out to by Christina Magro. Um, I don't know oh, if, oh, if yes. we know no, who Christina Magro yes. is, but yes. she is I. the baddest of bitches <laughs> when mm-hmm. it comes to the bar world, the service world. Um, and she reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in being involved in the Clipper and asked if I wanted to manage. And, and, Ooh, and yeah. you know, she sold me on it. And well, at first she said, would you be interested in returning to the dark side? <laughs> and I was like, well, That's who's asking? Yeah. And she said, I am. And I was like, okay, well, when she asks you a question, you at least pay attention and you hear what she has to say. And she convinced me. And so I left the cannabis world. Mm-hmm. And uh, and here I am. I'm, I'm getting ready to manage. Well, uh, so so it's exciting. Yeah, respect. With that, uh, cheers to yeah, you. Thank you. Because pandemic cheers, yes, though. air, air mm. cheers, or air cheers. as they say, give it to them, as they say in the furniture business, give it chairs <laughs> every oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, you're yeah. welcome. Oh, now yeah. you have to live oh, with oh, that. Listen, we're coming back to Sagittarius dad jokes, and yes. that was perfect execution. <laughs> thank you, thank, thank you. you for thank that. You. Oh, of course, just fun fact though, if you're into dad jokes. PBS Eons. This is not sponsored by PBS, but it could be. Um, has, you. Um, jokes that they read at the end of every segment that Patreon members can give them. Like they suggest them and then oh. they blind read it. So the scientist who is talking has no idea what the joke is going to be and then has to say shit like dad jokes, dad jokes. Well, our DMs are open. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Flood the DMs at solely with service podcast. Our DMs stay open. So Wide. feel feel free. And also just really quick back to back to the cheers moment. We are enjoying some ritual rum alternative mm-hmm. with carrot, lime, ginger, ginger juice, a little bit of mint, simple. You know, I'm feeling she is spicy and nice vivacious. Kick. I don't usually pull that word out. Vivacious, bright, uh, but she's bright. giving it. Yes, she's she giving is. bright. Yes, mm-hmm. as uh, the Houston native Meg Meg the Stallion. Oh, Ooh, let's talk about her. It's Can giving, we make this a podcast about her giving, now? It's giving, <laughs> Ooh, it's giving body yadi yadi. So oh. there. There it is. We will never deserve her. No, oh, no, no. But she's what we need. Oh, I don't yeah. want to go into a whole rant yeah, about it, um, but Ooh, it, I'm so yeah. grateful for like women for women energy. Like she is ready mm-hmm. to do a remix with anybody who is going to be somebody. Right. And I like that there's no competition because she's in her own lane. Yep. And everyone respects that. Yep. Yeah. And she's going to talk about sliding all over the floor. And I'm like, can I call a mop? Let's yes. go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can I call him off? <laughs> and I just had to pause for a second because I was going through that whole thing. And I was just like, can we drop that right there? But, but we can't. Not. But we cannot. But I'm singing that in yes. my mind yes. right now. So just, just so that you are aware. So really quick with um, the California Clipper, that spot has gone through quite a few changes. 
and just retaining the name of California Clipper seemed like it was a journey in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not privy to all of the nitty gritty details, but I mean, the Clipper is a historical building. You know, the building was built in 1890, if I'm not correct. Uh, It was a movie theater. Haunted. Um, Haunted as fuck. Fuck, I cannot wait to meet the ghost, yo. I'm so Uh, excited to meet the ghost. She's a lady ghost. Oh, that's right. She's a lady ghost. Um, But so the Clipper was actually a movie theater for a few years. uh, And then it became the bar. Uh, became a bar in the 30s and from, you know, up until uh, it was taken over by another restaurant group. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that closed after the pandemic. And uh, there was definitely a battle for uh, who retains... The name of the Clipper, and uh, after uh, del- deliberations and whatnot, we did get the name back. Yes, which good. is important awesome. because sure. how can you open the Clipper and it's not the Clipper unless we opened it as the Clapper? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Thank you yes. for that. <laughs> Thank you for that so much. To the California Clapper. It's actually Clyde not right. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like all the different merchandising ideas and it's just like and everything is just like a bigger version of a clapper. Yeah. But right. when you the light comes on, it's red. Okay, that works. Or you have like those noisemakers that are two <gasps> hands and then you do that. And, and you also make it a fan. Yeah. I just like fans, y'all. I'm sorry. I mean, why not? Fans are great. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, I'm a fan of both of you, so. Oh, we're on That's a double entendre right there. Mm. Oh, my God. We're working. Not a single drop of alcohol, people. Spirit free. Yes. The way to be. Yes. (laughs) Before noon for me. (laughs) On a Sunday. Yeah. On a snowy Sunday, Sunday morning. Yes. Um, Um, So diving in a little bit deeper, what are some of the challenges that you have faced while being in, in the industry? Would you say? Because you're like in three industries yeah, that are like really good at building community within of itself, but has no real support from the outside. Yeah. You know, my journey with one being a woman, um, and that was honestly mostly my, that was the hardest thing coming up. Uh, you know, like I grew up in a boys club, like in my family business, I was uh, the daughter and I grew up with three boys. Um, I played a lot of sports. So I've always like, prided myself on being in the boys club and like made that a important part of who I was. What sports and, did you play though? Uh, well, I played softball for yes. 12 years. I skied competitively in high school. Bitch. Uh, wow. You know, white people shit. Yep. I snowboard. I Rochester know Hills, you know, it comes I with skiing. T-ball. There you go. Yeah. The ball don't move. Yeah, she's that? there for the picking. I mean, it's, it, uh, it, it, it's a sports show. It's okay. basically... <laughs> You know, <laughs> so it's that. Uh, it's so basically, T ball is there's a stand, okay, and that then the ball just sits on the stand, so there's no pitcher. So the somebody stands in the pitcher's mound, okay. It's basically for like younger kids that don't have enough coordination to like swing a bat and hit a ball, uh, so they just was, sit the was, ball on top. I was, I was, I was 13. I was 13. Oh. I am playing with y'all. Okay. Okay. I, was just okay. like, I was like six years old. I was going to say, like, wow, baby. No, no, I'm just like, you know, we got a whole hand-eye coordination issue. I support you, though. I was ready to support and defend you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Got a and whole last baseball card. I ran cross-country for three years in mm. high school, and I hated every minute of it. 
You're like every step on the pavement was just not. Well, you. you know, I was like, I'm, I'm like, oh, I want to play basketball. Like I'm gonna be a point guard, and I was terrible at basketball. I was really short and uncoordinated. So they're like, sorry, honey, you didn't make the cut. So I was like, well, I gotta do something. Um, so my friend was like, come to cross country with me, and then I just never left because I was like, well, I guess I can just get high and run. So yeah. like, that's what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so those are the, uh, yeah, but softball was my like absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. I was the captain of my softball team. Yes, you were. What position did you play? Shortstop. Okay. there. Of course you're a shortstop. And let me tell you. So recently I was listening to that Nelly and Kelly Rowland song where he's Dilemma? like, Dilemma, you know. With the Excel text message yes, on the yes, sidekick. It's like, yes. why didn't he hit me back? Because, <laughs> because girl, you were running your numbers. Not I mean, you're on a spreadsheet. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Because you're working out formulas. Yeah, I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? What did he say? He said something about like, um, because I'm a shortstop picking up everything mommy throwing at me. And I oh. was like, <laughs> You're like, let me. I j- just clicked in my brain. I was like, I was a shortstop. Oh, because you got to be between two bases. I get there it. Go. That was my whole interjection go. for that. Well, and also, yeah. if anyone sees that lyric as <laughs> Nariba's Instagram caption, <laughs> you heard it here first. We just found it. Yes. <laughs> so. We found the origin story. Yes. <laughs> That's why I've been just thinking about the St. Lunatics this whole time. <laughs> It's just like, Full you know circle. what? That's going to be fire when I go ahead and drop that. I loved softball, though. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I guess being a woman within literally any industry, because, you know, the world has been ruled by men for way too long, it's mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. So, I, for me, I, so, like, I prided myself on being in the boys' club. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, I could just, like, I just want to hang out with dudes and guys and all this. And, and that translated very much to me being in the service industry because everywhere was a boys club when I started working service uh, everywhere. And that's just kind of how it ruled all the managers. were You know, most of the managers, not all, most were men. Um, most of the bartenders I worked with were men. And so I chameleoned myself. So like that's, mm-hmm. it was almost like a, a survival tactic to where like, okay, well, this dude is this way. So now I got to act that way. And, and oh, like, well, this is how I got to get in. And like, oh, I got to act like one of the boys. Sounds minimizing. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for me, I was just like, well, I'm cool. You're like, I'm a cool guy. These guys think I'm cool. So like, I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, that was complete survival tactic. Oh, that yeah. was me oh. just like, trying to be cool and trying to impress everybody. My like sensitive Pisces heart is like, I have to be liked. Everybody has to like me. Uh, if, if I'm you, glad you know I oh <laughs> where it comes from. Oh boy. It definitely comes from there. Um, so that was kind of like coming into myself as a woman uh, took a while. And also that translated into a lot of my friendships too. I felt like it was necessary for me to be friends with men more than women because I felt like I connected with them more and like you know, boys called like this cool blah 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 smoke weed drink things um, <laughs> but as I've gotten older you know like my relationships and my friendships with women have become um, extremely important and strong and necessary and I can definitely recognize that now um, so it took me a while to like have to, to be comfortable with myself and not have to you know adapt to the men around me so that I could feel like I fit in yep. and so that I could feel like, you know, I was uh, able to be there. Like I deserve to be there where now I know I deserve to be places because of who I am and what I bring to the table and like my skill set, mm-hmm. which is also frustrating because, you know, like obviously I 
I adapted some problematic behavior because I was just trying to be one of the boys. And so it took a lot of unlearning too, being like, oh, that's not okay. And I did that because I wanted to be cool. And I said these things because I wanted to be cool. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's not okay now. Yeah. And so it's taken a lot of unlearning actually about mannerisms that I have and ways that I thought, you know, coming from Michigan, it is like a beautiful place, but it is a very racist place. Um, and so, like, unlearning my, like, you know, uh, racist tendencies um, in terms of, like, my mental thinking and verbiage and just, like, knowing what's okay and what's not okay. And so that's that's been a challenge as well of, like, recognizing where I need to improve and recognizing in my past what was unacceptable and like also knowing that that is a part of me and it's awful and I wish it wasn't but that's just it's also helped me unlearn it because I can recognize those patterns in myself and also in people around me now I can see people and how they act and I can like be like okay well I know how that feels because we've all had to unlearn these things as well so it's kind of helped me be able to navigate the world in terms of uh, being respectful and intentional and inclusive. Um, That's that manager energy. You're talking it, man, about right it's, it was. It took a lot. It yep. was really hard. And you know, being a part of the Fly Honeys, I was about to. I was like waiting. I was like, yeah, we can talk about it. I'll talk about this all day. Energy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I learned so much from being a part of the show and being part of Fly Honeys and being a part of communities that I observed from the outside. But you know, it was really like this incredible situation to be put into to where I was suddenly surrounded by any and all bodies and learning what verbiage is not okay and learning how to navigate social situations in a respectful way Mm -hmm. and also just being able more accepting not I don't know about accepting that I don't want to say that like I'm about to cancel myself um but (laughs) (laughs) bitch you're canceled um just so just being a part of fly honey is like really opened my eyes to sensitivity and empathy and understanding and also standing up for your communities and realizing that like you know certain certain people have not had the platform and that I have a privilege and a right and that I can help and you know try and be an ally as much as possible Um, Mm -hmm. and I really learned that from from Fly Honey and not from being in the service industry I'll tell you that much I learned it from Beyonce there you go. In 2016, when she became black, I'm sticking with my story. Yeah. Listen, I'm I, not I disagreeing with you. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Like, she's talking about black things. And I can talk about black things. And I don't give a fuck if they fire me about it. Because honest, like, so last night I had a conversation with my partner because he's noticing some like fucked up things that are happening at work. And he's a white dude. And he's like, I feel like it. the optics look bad. And in my brain, I'm going, privilege. You are saying the optics, you know, because you don't, it's not your lived experience, but you can see that it's fucked up. And someone said something about one of the guys changing the music to like, um, some ignorant rap shit. Oh, and Ooh, I can talk about this all day. Yeah, I was like, because I can definitely speak on this for forever. Because I there used gone, to be a spot yeah. that I bartended at that is a very popular <clears throat> beer focused establishment. Mm. And the stories I could tell you about the comments that were made yep. from leadership down about certain music. Mm hmm. Being being played in in that tap room, but yet 
There's no problem, bro, when, like, the obscured, like, you know, guitarist who made that one EP who, like, died on his way to go to, like, the recording session. You can play that on fucking repeat and, like, no one knows what the hell that is. And it's just like, oh, this is great one time, but it's, like, something that people like to vibe to and it, like, fits the whole thing. But it just depends on where it's coming from. Yeah. There's it's certainly it. something to say yeah. about like recognizing uh, what kind of music you're playing and if it's appropriate in terms yes. of like, you know, if you are at a restaurant and it's brunch and you're playing a song and the N word is being repeated at 10 a.m. and you are not an establishment that has black representation, like we need to be specific about what, like, is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, or if Fergalicious is playing at 10 a.m. on brunch. You want to. Do you want to fight? Okay. <laughs> Fair. All right. But well. yeah, people being like, there's no, like, we don't play rap music in here. I'm like, mm, well, we don't play country in here. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just going to parry at you. <laughs> and be like, what? Okay, great. Then That's you also a, just a really, you know, coward, coward statement, in my opinion, when people are just like, I don't play rap music or we don't play rap music. Just flat out say that you don't want to play black music. Exactly. Exactly. Because I of feel how like, it's anchored and where it's rooted. Yeah, I feel like it's not like if Hootie and the fucking Blowfish came on, they'd be like, oh, yeah, this is okay. I'm like, he's black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a black okay country singer now. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I think just to make a blanket, a blanket statement, like, we don't play rap music. You're like, okay, well, let's be honest. Like, there's so much like beautiful incredible creative material yes. that it like is within the rap umbrella yes. that like how can you just make this like like we don't play rap music like all right well you don't play hip hop you don't play like trap like we like what what you know what like branch are you saying mm-hmm. no to cuz right. like what i am sure i can play Jurassic 5 in a bar and everybody vibes to it exactly. you know like mm-hmm. you can play the roots because it's be- it's wonderful good beautiful music mm-hmm. but like that's rap so like why you can you're not going to allow yourself to no. listen to that even that's i used to like straight up put on um a future funk playlist because with the uh, explicit lyrics like ban on it mm. and everyone loved that shit and it had rap in it but it, they, I got away with it because it was like melodic and no one could like hear the thing meanwhile straight up every Wednesday at Blackbird we just straight up played Wu-Tang Clan in the fucking forever and, yes. and ever yes. and ever mm-hmm. in the dining room and not a single ancient white woman ever knew the difference well and it's also funny to think about like Kumas <laughs> in the old days when like you go into Kumas and there'd be like 70 year old women eating burgers and there's like you know he- the heaviest metal mm-hmm. you could ever think of right. and they're just like they're fine eating their burgers like listening to metal I'm like why is this okay but like you can't Exactly. You can't listen to Gangstar for brunch. Like, why not? Like, right. I don't... Where is this translate? One of the biggest sort of, like, acknowledgements on my side is when this burly white dude sat at this tap room and he's like, he's like, dude, is this such and such? I haven't heard this in forever. And that also is just, like, my perception of just like, oh, well, you know, like... They're all listening to to the same shit. Yeah. And then we just had like an hour long conversation about funk, soul. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is, he's like, it's so refreshing to hear it 
here because a lot of places will like to say that music isn't part of the experience. So like, oh, it's like the white noise. It's in the background. Yeah. Uh, Wrong. Um, yeah, disagree. Yeah. And when people actually like perk up and pay attention, that's an opportunity to really start like diving in deeper with like a stranger at that point that could essentially be a homie. And that person... I will actually save that for another episode, but that person is absolutely wonderful, and okay. and we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I'm like, you never know. All right, music as a bridge. Music as a bridge. Yes. So okay, okay. So my next question is, why do you stay in the industry? Um, I mean that's a good question because I recently had to answer it for myself again. Mm. You know, like making this parry into cannabis, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be behind a bar anymore. Like I'm tired like the inconsistency. Um, but once I had returned back behind the bar, I was having fun again and I was enjoying myself. And as much as I don't want to act like it's not ingrained in me, like it is very much ingrained in me. Like it's all I've ever done. I've mm. never had an office job. I've never, you know, like I, all I ever did, I mean, with the exception of working in a dispensary, like it was always uh, service industry. I yeah. mean, with the exception of acting, but let's be honest, I never got paid for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, I, don't know, I didn't really get paid for that. Um, I stay now because I know that I I belong here now, and I feel like I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, and I feel like I have an opportunity to teach people some things and guide some people and like really add to an environment and not feel weird about it. Yep. And as a like as a strong like woman, as a skilled service industry worker, as a Puerto Rican woman, I feel like I almost have a duty to keep going and not just to bail out so that I can help improve what needs to be improved, which is a lot. Mm. You know, I want to create service industry spaces that are safe spaces mm -hmm. and inclusive and supporting uh, and important. You know, it's really easy just to get a, a job somewhere yep. and, you know, work for money, which is like, obviously we're, it's not, not about money. We all have to live and yeah. get paid. You know, like anybody's lying if they don't <laughs> say that right. that's not part of it. Yeah. But being able to help improve it and in, in any way I can is important. And I think it would be uh, disrespectful and, you know, ill-advised for me not to keep going. Mm -hmm. Is I that fair? Feel that. No, yeah. I feel that so hard. <laughs> yeah. I like have um, like a guilty conscience because I like purposefully didn't renew my serve safe manager. So I can't like take another like chef job because I'm like, I want to do my very best to bring resources that are important that I think are important for service industry people to have. And like, I think about it all the time because I'm like, I could just get like a part-time job, like doing the thing. But I know that for me, it's a slippery slope of just like going back in and burying myself in work. And I know that I can foster an environment that is safe and inclusive and like where I'm, I really want people to be so good that they're coming for my job. Like, not in a, like, competitive way, but just in a, this is how we make everything better right. um, way. Instead of gatekeeping fucking industry jobs. It's also, like, moving forward, uh, being really specific about where you want to work, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, choosing places that are supportive of staff, that yeah. are 
respectful of a work-life balance that are understanding that like you know i fucking hate doubles i think doubles are the biggest bullshit in the world and even when i was younger i would like very rarely would i work a double because i know by hour 10 i'm like shut down i'm not doing this anymore i'm over it and like that's when i know that my hospitality would suffer because i'm like fuck this i want to be done with the shift i'm trying to get out of here as fast as possible i think like being like working at a place that's like oh well you're just gonna work a double like forever you know for instance my lovely husband worked a brunch double on saturday for like a like a year and a half yeah. two years straight yeah and just like being, shout out to jeff for shout being out there to jeff Wilson. Shout yes. out to my support uh, team you know so like it was necessary for like you know the restaurant to succeed but like the mental health of that and like the repercussions of like, you know, the fatigue mentally and physically of that, I think yeah. is completely ridiculous. You know how I know I'm fucked up? I live for a double. Give me that you shit. You live oh, for a double? Give it to no, me. No. I love, okay, not, I'm also, I think it's because here. I'm not one of those here. people who like also waits to the last possible moment to eat lunch. Like, I could be about to pass out and I'll be like, oh, let me just wait 30 more minutes. And then when I have lunch, there's only like two hours left. Wait. Before I have to go home. Wait. Like, I don't know what that is, but it's a community thing. Huh. I have done some polls and You're in the trenches. Yeah, yeah. You're just I just I know that's how I am still in therapy once a week, every <laughs> week. Because I'm like, give me a double. Let me be exhausted at the end of it, sleep for six hours and wake up and clean my apartment the next day. Like I'm trying to unlearn it. I'm trying to change yeah. my pattern. Like every morning I wake up at eight and I'm like, do something different. But that works. It's it's hard. I and haven't I mean, done it different. I'm yet. like, I'm I'm <laughs> fooling myself if I don't think I'm about to work a couple doubles here. And there. <laughs> like, come on, Marta, let's be honest. You're gonna be assistant general managing a bar. Like, you know you're gonna be there for a long time some days. Like yeah. which is fine, but like to like put it like consistently like i did this for a year i'm like that's crazy to me no yeah it is i understand that you know like obviously the show must go on as they say but at what cost and that's and and that's (laughs) what i i wanted to to mention because there used to be um this spot small bar uh, formerly at 2049 West Division, which is now Pub Royale. Damn, I was like, you damn specific on that one. Oh, but yeah, now because I, know I practically lived in that damn place. <laughs> Absolutely. But I was always right in the middle because weekends, doubles, like Saturday, Sunday brunch, like this is just what it, it is. is. And yeah. then, you know, you leave at three, maybe like four in the morning because, you know, you're decompressing or you're just so goddamn exhausted that you just don't want to get off the bar stool. Yep. You know, or just like- you're just like, I'm exhausted. So I'm just going to get hammered. Yeah. I mean, there were certainly days where I would open Longman because I worked brunch primarily there for oh, many, many years. And then I, my shift would end at six and then I would start drinking and then I would close Longman and then I'd have to be up again and open Longman, like the open to clopen. Ooh, the clopen. Oh, the open to clopen by choice, by substance, because you're like, I'm exhausted. It was a hard day. I'm just going to get drunk now. And then you're like, oh, I'm drunk. Now I have to go to bed. And then you're, you know, falling asleep at... Uh, three, and then my alarm clock is going off at seven thirty because yeah. I had to be there at eight. And I'm like, yeah. "Ooh, she was a monster, and she did that a few yeah. times." But mm-hmm. now, ooh, no, no, yeah, sir. No, sir, I could never, no, I could no, never, sir. 
no. I don't even like Ouch. try to day drink if I know I have to do something later in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. Not even like at night. I've kind of flipped day drinking for a different metabolism. Yeah. So, but. Just on my side, I have gotten down with some day drinking because I'm just like, oh, I'm going to be like cooled out by like six o'clock at home. Going to go ahead and have like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. nice, a full night, full night's rest. Yes. And I'm not going to wake up feeling shitty Girl. or less shitty. <laughs> Y'all had me with the last recording session and I did not uh, uh, come prepared <laughs> because usually we're like spirit free everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did not come prepared for the last set of recordings. And when I tell you if my boyfriend hadn't ordered food by the time I got home, I was asleep by 7 p.m. that night, y'all. <laughs> I had plans. Like, I was never made it. You were like a baby. Never yeah. made it. <laughs> like, couldn't do it. was out. Because I like I can I can have a max of three alcoholic beverages now, whereas before like I found a college photo of me the other day where I was dressed as a biddy b i d d i e. Look up the Urban Dictionary for biddy when you get a chance. Uh, representing Burlington, Vermont, um, and there's no one in my eyes, and. It says 13 Jose that I have written on myself in Sharpie because I was keeping track of my shots. Did the math. It's about 15 shots in a, a 750, give or take. Or is it twenty? It's it's uh yes, it's twenty. Okay. I think it's like twenty, so, yeah. twenty two Thir- somewhere on there. Depending on how heavy you're pouring. College. College. Solo cup <laughs> heavy. Solo cup heavy. measurements. Yeah. <laughs> Jungle ouch. juice out yeah. the Rubbermaid tub, yes. baby. Ouch. Ouch. That, that yes. Ouch. Yep. Yep. I can't do that anymore. No. Of like you said, not. different metabolism. It's called diabetes now. Yes. Yes. It's called the sugar foot, and you need that foot. Yes. I can't do it. Cannot do it anymore. <laughs> well, that reminds me of way, way back when. Have you ever played Edward Forty Hands? Don't. Rugby don't. initiation. What? Yes. <laughs> Wait. So you played rugby? Yes. I played softball and rugby. Yes, How did. did my family not know I was gay <laughs> <laughs> for so fucking long? <laughs> I told them and they still didn't believe me. I was like, I'm out here playing rugby in a prom dress. The fuck? Uh, yeah, I was part of rugby and um, definitely they did... Um, Edward 40 hands for like a party, but then for initiation night, they... Uh, challenge by choice you and you get to have a cup uh, taped to not your drinking hand but your left whatever is your left hand mm-hmm. right hand whatever and then the rest of the team would quarter you often so you would have to drink your entire cup because you're holding it in the wrong hand so they'll just walk around doing that and then they let us go oh, in Burlington wow. to do a scavenger hunt after after Doing that, chaos. after that, yes. and you were in Perfect groups, word. Yes. and chaos. you had that to like chaotic. collect yes. things. <laughs> you had to interact with people. Um, I ran up and down a hill just, like, to Bob to this right now. That's from a bathtub of nips. Bobbing from a bathtub of nips, like rubber nipples? No, like the small, the small bottles of. Oh, nip. Okay, great. Nips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, needless to say, I. Luckily, my girlfriend at the time was on the rugby team and was a sober pseudo and got me back to her, her room safely. 
but did not realize that her roommate was there trying to have intimacy with her boyfriend. And I proceeded to take off my clothes and lay on the floor and (laughs) just laugh. Um, He had to leave and get assistance to lift me back into the bed. And I laughed the entire time. That is why I don't drink on Sundays. Like and all of that is that to say. Yes. This is why you always leave a note. Yep, 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 um, yep. Don't drink if you don't want to. Challenge by choice. That's also something that I've learned too. Is like, you know, uh, my nickname um, was Mar- is Marta Jean the Party Queen, um, and like my family are very much uh, uh, damp people, if you will. <laughs> I'm from Trinidad. I understand. They've known, they've known get a little wet. And, uh, you know, like part of that party culture, industry culture is just like, you know, drinking to party and just being like really drunk for a solid, I don't know, 10 years, if I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like finding that balance, too. And at this point now, my body's like, bitch slow down yeah. and like obviously in the pandemic we're all like fuck it we're all stuck inside we're just gonna drink every drop of alcohol we can see and time and it's an il- time is an illusion, is an illusion. Yep. it's an illusion yeah down. time is a social construct yeah. so you now I'm my I physically like don't want to drink as more and it's mm-hmm. been really interesting to like recognize that to where like I'm gonna crack this beer and I'm gonna drink it and then I drink half of it and I'm like I don't want this anymore or just like beer in general yeah. I have not been drinking a ton of beer in the past like I don't know two three months and I'm like she's just drinking wine now and I'm like oh I yep. feel yep. okay yep I feel a little better guilty I (laughs) have switched out beer for athletic brewing now, literally at my house, because I find that mostly I just miss the carbonation of it. And uh, the golden ale hits that spot of like, I want to, I want to like be an adult but I also want to be an adult and not feel like shit the next day. So it's like, that's my nice in-between. Very often, though, if I'm out and everyone's having beers in a shot, I will order a non-alcoholic beer and still have an alcoholic shot. Because balance to be to be completely honest, mm-hmm. I used yeah. to give away my beers all the time when I would get a shot and a beer at Sporty's. I'd be like, which one of my male co-workers finished their beer and want it? You want this beer? Yeah. And that's how I, they're like, Reba, you drink the whole night. Blah, blah. I'm like, no, y'all but drank the you, whole night. You gave him the old coyote ugly slip, <laughs> if yeah, you yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, this just keeps so going down. It's like, wow, she's a tank. And they're like, she's not actually drinking it. No. Whereas me, I was actually drinking all of it and just like black and like, you know, blackout or get out, baby. That was how she lived <laughs> for a while. The writer died. I didn't know what a who. I said a what. Oh boy, here we go. But I'm like, you know, not a mean drunk. Sometimes she's a sad drunk because she's a Pisces. Yeah. But like for the most part, she's just loud. (laughs) That's me. Loud. I'm loud already. I can get away with acting like a total piece of shit sometimes because I can be charming when I really want to. (laughs) That's that sad rise coming in to like save you. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for dealing with me. <laughs> Shout out to my husband. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, Jeff, Jeff, I feel like we're we've like dabbled on it a, a little bit, but oh, there's certain things specifically that like 
bum you out about the industry that you'd like to just really bring some attention to to change? I mean, it seems like drinking obviously is one. Yeah, it's like a coping mechanism for some. A or coping a mechanism. I think we really need to take a hard look at just like our substance intake, and that is a span of like any and all substances you know like we are fooling ourselves if we don't recognize that there's a drug problem (laughs) like in in our world and it's specifically fueled by the hours yeah you know like agreed by the necessity to keep going to keep doing doubles you know like you you facilitate the party, the bar closes, and now you want a party. You're like, well, it's five, it's four in the morning. How do you keep the party going? Well, you keep the party going, and so I think yep. it's just really tough sometimes to have to witness like the fall, yeah, of the realization that like we need to have a discussion with ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> like we need to recognize that like. You know, the party queen's going to party every once in a while, but like to kind of hone it in and take care of people and recognize like this person, like this is my friend and that friend needs help. Yeah. And that's tied into a lot of things. It's tied into mental health. It's tied into, you know, social, I don't know, like maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Um, It's all like a, sh- a social structure that both celebrates and commits to keeping the cycle going. Yeah. And people are so invested in it being tried and true. Like you get up, you go to work, you start drinking like three hours before you shut everything down. You probably have a double. So someone is like, you got some drugs. And someone's like, I got some drugs. And next thing you know, you're awake until five o'clock in the fucking morning. And you just like go to sleep. And the only way to keep it going is getting sucked into the cycle. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think it's very much a cycle. Yeah. I think it's good of us to start recognizing that because my boss, Laura, says it like this. She's like, it's more about the like aspect of togetherness that people feel when they're doing this thing that's like not necessarily you're part of the club you're part of the club and she's like that is a lot of what feeds into it and she's not wrong I feel like a lot of it what started for me at least in my experience with wanting to be seen and heard along with the guys and then yep there it is boys club boys club aspect and then you like want to go out and like party and do the thing with them and then next thing you know you're like doing drugs in your apartment to clean it on a Sunday because you're off. And I was like, maybe this isn't it. Maybe I should just like join the gym Mm -hmm. because it's endorphins. It's survival mode. You know, you're just doing it to survive. And that's just like the system that you and the cycle that you find yourself Mm -hmm. in. It's it's tough. And I think that, you know, I'm obviously not throwing stones and glass houses. I have like certainly had to evolve and recognize my patterns and my mm-hmm. substance patterns. And it's it's taken some time. Yep. Um. So I think that's something that we really need to be honest about. And also, I'm just like, I'm so just like the boys club aspect of everything. And that, you know, that's like ownership down. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've worked for different companies and all of them were always owned by men. Um, very rarely have I worked. I mean, I don't think I've ever really worked for anywhere that wasn't owned by a man. Um, and even that it specifically a cisgendered white man. Um, so I think we're, I'm ready to like break down that house and, you know, like, well, me neither. We need, you know, just like leadership. And it's really easy to like 
there's one thing to like hire representation, but it's another thing to like listen to yes. that hired representation. Yep. You know, you can't just like body that representation. Hire a bunch of women because you're supposed to now. It's like, oh well, you actually have to listen to what they have to say yeah. and and take their suggestions mm-hmm. and you know it there's still like the equity thing just blows my mind even to this day. But, you know, like friends of mine were, have worked for companies and were let go. And then shortly after that, there was a man hired and they were paid what they were. You know, the new hire is being paid what the old employee was yep. asking for. And it's like, where, why, like, where is this disconnect? Like, why? Why do we have to advocate for ourselves so much? And why? do we often not get what we are asking for? You know, people work themselves into the ground and, you know, it's <laughs> how much are we worth? Yeah. I think that's the question that we really have to ask. Like, how much am I worth? Am I worth this? Am I worth more? Is that's this even like worth my time? That's why I like the kids because they came in with that energy and they just like, don't give a fuck. And they're like, if I don't like it, I'm not going to stay at this job. And I was like, that is a novel fucking idea talking about the gen zers out there yeah i'm like i sort of i don't i i want to work for something that i believe in and that i'm passionate about that's what i want to do because i just want to be happy at work like i also want to make that money but i would rather be emotionally happy mentally happy and that's what the kids want and they're like how can i figure out how to do that and make money i've been a part of places to where I feel like it would start about like, you know, 48 to 36 hours prior to having to go to a shift at an establishment. Mm. And it just like, just the mental hold it had to where I felt like a zombie just walking, walking through that door. And I couldn't even enjoy my full time away because I'm like, here we go. Again, it started that marathon, and you're like, yeah. "Did I even get to rest after the yeah. last one?" You're like, "Nope, doesn't matter. Here we go. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I have no choice." Yeah, but then to- because of that, you don't know how to have a day off. So if you have too many days off in a row, you're like, "What the fuck is this? Right? Yeah. Why is this happening?" Or I've it's done like everything. tying back into the substances. Like, it's my day off. I'm getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're yeah. like, "No, do your laundry." <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, no. like, cook a meal Facts. for yourself. Facts. <laughs> Last night, that was me. I was like, you can have a glass of wine when you come back from the grocery store. But remember, you have to make dinner. And I was like, ooh, okay. what if I set up everything first? Get everything in the Instapot, get my veg in the oven, and then you have a glass of wine. Because I will start to get tired immediately. And if I decide I want to smoke a spliff, I have to do like like a flight servings, not even a full like (laughs) five ounce or just like Mm -hmm. three. Yeah. And it's like this is 20%, yeah. 50%, you know, and like that's the, me the, getting the lit while gross. I do my my laundry. There you go. Yeah. You like, God, 31. You like ration it out. It's I nice. feel good it's though. Better. I feel no, good the better. next day. Yeah. yeah. Listen, getting stoned to the bone at nighttime is just like the way to be right yes. now. And I, mm. you know, waking, I, I woke up with a, hang, a, hung, a hangover this week and I was like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> Exactly. That's or, what it feels or for like. For me, I was like, I have to be really specific about what hangovers are worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, is, do, is it worth it? Do I need to feel this way? Like, was that 
necessary? And like, where do I find the thing where like, I'm buzzed and now I'm just going to smoke a fat bone <laughs> and now I'm just going to feel good yes. and not just have to like have this like constant f- flow of liquid to like, you know, party. I don't know. Sometimes I miss it though. Sometimes I, well, I miss like listen. Every once in a while, I let the there. tiger out of the cage, Ooh, and you yeah. better look out, world. Yeah. But for the most part, tigers snoozing. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> well, and, and also, now I'm like, oh, I'm about to work down the street from the Continental. She needs to be very oh, specific. La Continental. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely intentional about when I feel like I want to go out and have fun and. I've been That's, there. Right. We've all been there. God. I don't know if we all basically been there. We've been. Yes. I'm, I'm here, but yes. I'm not here. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. one's. No one is yeah. in your eyes when you walk out of there. You might have right. had someone, still, but dang, no, I, I, I know. can't tell you. And then just <laughs> back to, uh, just really quick to the whole like time as an illusion and mm-hmm. like social construct. It's something that I still deal with is justifying being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's just like it's a Tuesday. We're like, you know, hang out. And then we hang out, hang out, mm-hmm. hang out, hang out. And that is due to just the industry, because like Monday, Tuesdays, that's like I was supposedly, like, the weekend is whenever you have your days off. Mm-hmm. Right. But so on the front of house side, typically, you know, you just like you'll get your Monday, Tuesday and then you roll in like Wednesday through like Sunday or Saturday. Yeah. And I have had to really check myself in the mirror and be like, Justin, there is no need for you to be going up on a Tuesday. You are 35 years old, sir. Sit the <laughs> hell down. Drink Sit a water. Down. Drink a water. Drink a water. Eat a green thing. Yeah, eat something. Eat something that's green. Um, you know, just put on a little Law & Order SVU in the background because oh. that's my jam. That's my jam. I will, like, I mean... Put it on my tombstone. I don't care. I feel betrayed yes. because I Damn. rewatched the entire season through the end of, I almost said Scully and Mulder, through the end, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> through the, through like Olivia and I want to say his name because I feel like if I say it two more times, he'll just like pop up. That's fine by nowhere. me. Stabler? Yes. He's been haunting my dreams. But like he not in the sexy in way, mind, but so. in the like <laughs> in in the like true blood way, which is a little creepy. Because he was in True Blood, in case I had no idea. That. Never seen True Blood. Oh, sorry. First sorry. three seasons are fire. After that, don't bother. You don't okay. have to. Yeah, okay. just give you up. You don't need to worry about after that. But the first three seasons, sexy time. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. I rewatched okay. very all white. Of it. However, it yes. Oh boy, that's a white ass show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it takes place it's in okay. Louisiana, it's like a stack house. Perfect. You know, so. um, but yeah. Long story short, I rewatched all of it. They never got together. Um, Benson and Stabler. Fun fact: if you were watching it for that reason, it never happens. Uh, but it's still good. Spoilers. And it's Damn, he's not even on the show anymore. It's not even a spoiler. He's got his own spinoff now. So. Does he? Yes. Benson and Hedges. Oh. oh. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, I wasn't even done with the first yeah. half of that, uh, and then the second one rolled in. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all, you. Y'all You're are welcome. together Thank on you. that one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very collaborative. Yeah, I'm feeling this energy. We're I'm flowing. here for it. Yes. So, <laughs> we're beginning to... 
I know. Wrap up. I heard I know. it in your I know, sigh. I know. I know. That we're that was a definitive sigh. Yeah. But I I do want to ask you, Marta, why is it important to you to be vocal about these realities in in the industry? Well, obviously, we need to change. We need to adapt and evolve. Anybody that is stuck in their ways doesn't recognize that. Like that's not how we grow. Uh, anybody that thinks that there is no room for improvement, I think you're dead in the water. And so the more that we talk about it, the more we make people feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. the easier it becomes to talk about it. Um, you know, obviously there's uncomfortable conversations to be had um, all over, not just about race and gender, but mm-hmm. about substance and culture and Mm -hmm. respect and mental health so i think the more that we talk about it and the more we generated about it the easier it becomes to have these conversations and tackle it and make it a specific intentions and decisions about the environment that you're creating not just for you know your guests but for your staff as well for the culture of you know who who you're taking care of, you know, and I've really had to think about that a lot coming into being Miss Manager Pants. Miss Manager Pants. Uh, Miss Manager Pants. (laughs) So, um, I, yeah, I just think it's necessary that we just keep talking about it because as soon as you think that you've tackled everything, you're dead in the water. Uh, And it's just, it's important and necessary. And we're all still learning and unlearning and anybody that thinks that they don't have learning and unlearning to do that's also when you're dead in the water so it's really important you know and I'm not perfect and I still have to, at times have to catch myself and realize that like what I did was not appropriate mm-hmm. and hurt somebody or could hurt someone and not and when I'm approached about it not to take it personally I think that's the one thing that we all really need to recognize in ourselves mm-hmm. is like the initial wall to put up is to be the defensive like well I'm not this and I'm not that when it's like no, no 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 like there's no black and white right like that's how we're talking about cancel culture like yep. yes we need to call a bitch out no problem like we need to address things that need to be addressed but it's about accepting that criticism and mm-hmm. really building on it and growing and realizing that we all need to be better all the time. Yes. Um, and that's really something that I've learned to coming back to fly honeys. It's like, there mm. were certain jokes that I would want to tell. And then I would be approached by a specific community member to be like, Hey, that really doesn't jive with me, or this could be a problem, or that's not really representing this and that. And I'd be mm. like, cool. I hear you. I'm really sad that I don't get to tell this joke that I think is really funny, Mm -hmm. but I recognize that this is not appropriate. And then you just move on and you create something different. You know, like it's about like this defensive, even like we don't need to get into and get into like the comedy world. It's like, oh, well, cancel culture is ruining comedy. And I'm like, I think you're a bad comedian if you can't evolve with the world around you. Are that you truly part. funny if you, one, have to joke at people's expense around you all the time? Mm. Is that funny? Or can you not, like, vibe and adapt and chameleon yourself to what is appropriate? And I'll, I don't know, just make fun of yourself now, I yes, guess. I don't yes. know. Like, why can't you be the joke? Um, <laughs> but, some you know, are. Just like, some are. 
realizing that like we all have to evolve, right? Like yeah. it's there's no ins and outs and it's 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 very much a gray. Um and we're all in different levels of learning and unlearning and recognizing privilege. I have privilege, you know, like I am very much passing. I am Puerto Rican, like so I've uh, my, our dear friend Michael, I was like he's like you're passing is like but you got a drop in you. So like there's always going to be that one drop yeah. that like people can recognize that that's in you, but they don't necessarily have to know. So like I have to recognize like my privilege of like passing coming from like an affluent, like rich white suburban neighborhood and like how I carry myself uh, throughout spaces in the world and environments yep. um, and just realizing that like our, the work is never done. Never. The work is never done. So like me also using my privilege to, you know, advocate for others and all of us in general, like like it or not, like if you're born in America, you have privilege because you are an American. Um, But, you know, like there's also levels of privilege and like systems and classes and all of that. So I think as long as we can recognize what we can do to like help even just move a one singular conversation forward yes. is the the very least that we can do is just to like have an uncomfortable conversation. 100. You know, like my family is like really difficult right now and they're like mm, very Republican. And so like being on the other side, like I am now the black sheep in the family and it's like, okay, cool. I one, you have to pick your choose your battles because there's like I can't yes. I could speak, you can't do it all day. I can't do it all day, yeah. and I'm not going to change minds. But as long as I keep like every once in a while jabbing, like poking the stick, like I'm going to poke the jellyfish and see what mm-hmm, happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes, our work is never done. I guess is what I'm saying, and mine is self included. And I recognize that like my privilege is 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 what it is, and I need to use it for good. Yep, and not be defensive. It's so easy it's to do hard, that. It's hard, though. It's hard. Because we got, I feel like in the industry, like, uterus-bearing uterus people get pushed into this corner of making everyone else feel comfortable and then breaking. And then you're like, I'm fighting for myself because you have to, like, be heard and be present. But what I found was as soon as I got into a position to like start communicating with people and realizing all the really bad fucked up habits that I picked up from my white cis chefs along the way and making those changes for yourself and being the example that you want set for the rest of your staff. It does get, it it gets better. It's better. But you got to do that shit every single fucking day. And we have to choose, ready? I'm I'm, I'm going to do a Harry Potter quote. (gasps) Sometimes we have to choose... No, it's it's we have to choose between what's right and what's easy. Yes. And that's that's that. Yep. What's what's the right choice and what's the easy choice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make it. I have three Harry Potter tattoos, so <laughs> thank you. There thank you, is. Marta. Just a Harry Potter fanatic. So thank you again. Hi, yeah. <laughs> thank yes. you. Thank you. Uh, so <sighs> Marta, how was your time with us? I really enjoyed myself. I hope that uh, you enjoyed yourselves as well. I yeah, hope absolutely. that your listeners will enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this was great. Thank you for having me. Of course. How do we find you on the on the social on media? On the social media? Mm-hmm. Well, you yes. can find me on the Instaclam. <laughs> oh, <yeah. at laughs> 
Farta, F-A-R-T-A, Jean, J-E-A-N. Straight up. Farta Jean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will be able to find me regularly at the California Clipper very soon. Yes. She will be there. And also I DJ around town as well. So, you know, you can find me popping up playing records. Mostly hip hop records. I know that's right. Well, damn it. Do you pop up here sometimes? I do. I have been known to play records here at Avondale Bowl. You did. That's 3118 North Milwaukee Avenue. (laughs) Yes, which is where we're doing our field trip. Our field trip trip is at Avondale Bowl. I've been waiting the entire time to say this. Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Avondale Bowl, for having us. Yes. And for more information about Avondale Bowl, you can feel free to check them out at www.avondalebowl.com. Get bold. Yeah. WWW. I just just said that. You said www. It fucked up my brain because I was like, www. It's the World Wide Web. Three. Yeah, but you said two. I said two. Trip dubs. I was like, is this a new one that we're doing now? I did not know this. No, because no, because some like I didn't learn that dot edu and org oh, and like all no. that stuff was like no. more popping than like in the early 2000s dial up. Yeah. So got <laughs> it. <world>. Perfect. <laughs> well, you've got me. Yes. <laughs> I would just like to, again, thank you so, so much, Marta. This has been awesome. A few things that I have to mention as we're wrapping up. When? Thank you again to our friend. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Thank you again to our friends at Avondale Bowl for hosting this necessary conversation. Yes. Also, with our beautiful drinks that were provided by Ryan of the Garnet Crew, we want to shout out Ritual Beverage. Thank you so very much. And also Corey Ice, which is a second chance program. And their ice is made by the same Japanese steel as Samurai Swords, which is dope as hell. Also, supreme, supreme shout out to our friends and partners at Athletic Brewing. Thank you so much. And then also Todd Apple of Apple Cordials um, for helping us with our juicing needs. So what's great about Apple's Cordials is that, excuse me, they're made locally here in Chicago on the north side and they source from local suppliers whenever possible. So feel free to check them out at applecordials.com. And last but not least, a shout out to the entire Terms of Service crew, Marcus, Max, Ryan, Cortez, Daniel, and I am Justin Arnett and you can find Justin Arnett Graham, excuse me, and you can find me on Instagram at this is Bika. I know. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yes. And then I saw that email that you sent mm-hmm. out because you are particular and Little I love words. it. Yes. <laughs> and that's it for me. And uh, this is uh, your girl, Nariba Shepard. You can find me on the gram at Rebaru, R-E-B-A-R-U. Um, and that's it, y'all. Peace. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I was not not going to do that. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. Amazing. We could kick you forever. <laughs>